0: To the work, to the work, we are servants of God. 435.
1: Our Father in heaven, we come to thank you for the privilege of laboring together here in your field of service and love. And This morning, on behalf of each and every teacher and worker of our Sunday school, I know I express our profoundest appreciation for your calling on us and instilling us with thy spirit to be leaders and to work and to serve you. In order for each and every one gathered here this morning, as we are born-again believers and know that we have a place of service and ministry in your kingdom's cause, we give you thanks that you have given us and blessed us with that privilege. Now we pray for strength to complete that task in your name. Bless us as we gather together here in your house. Bless us with your spirit and strength and guidance that we may truly go forth rejoicing in the Lord. For it's in his name we pray, amen. We'd like now to welcome those who visit with us on this cloudy day. As I say, it's always nice to welcome folks on a a cold, wet, cloudy day. ...because it's always so warm and friendly inside the Lord's house. And so this morning it's a warm, friendly welcome that we extend to each of you who visit with us. And we'd like to recognize you. Our men here at the front have some visitor's cards. I'm going to ask them to stand. And as they do so, if you are a visitor, as they come up the aisle, would you raise your hand up real nice and high so they can see you and give you one of our cards? We ask that you take it and fill it out... Uh, Drop the information in the offering plate just a little later in the service. This way we have a record of your visit. We can remember you in prayer and share a word with you about our appreciation of your coming. Let me urge you to be a part of the service, singing, praying, and participating in the Bible proclamation. And you'll enjoy the fellowship and the spirit of worship as we're gathered here in the Lord's house today. It's always a blessing to have you with us. And we look forward to you visiting with us again. Now, Brother Mac McCarley, our Sunday
2: School Director, has our Sunday School Report. Thank you, Brother Norman. We're glad that you're in the Lord's house today. We hope that you came at the Sunday School Hour to study and share in the worship and in the study of His Word. Everyone that did not receive a telephone call sometime since Wednesday, inviting you and encouraging you to be in Sunday School this morning, would you just lift your hand right now? If you did not receive a telephone call, all right, Sunday school faculty, look around. I told you Wednesday night we were going to do this. See who didn't do their job.
1: Were you supposed to call me?
2: Sir? Were you <laughs> supposed to call me? I did call you. Didn't oh, I call you. you?
1: Well, I saw you. I didn't you call <laughs> me.
2: In all sincerity, we invite you to share in a reaching arm, sharing Christ with those round about you. Always delighted to have visitors in our Sunday school program, 18 this morning, total attendance of 868. Invite someone to come with you next Sunday, for we need them here. They need to study God's Word. We've learned of the
1: death of one of the church family member's parents who's passed. Brother Emory King, the father of Mike King, one of our church members, passed away. His body is at the East Chapel of the Chattanooga Funeral Home, and the graveside service is scheduled for 10.30 tomorrow morning. I know you'll want to go by this afternoon, this evening, to express your Christian concern to Brother King and his family in the death of his father. We have two announcements we would share with you. One at 2 o'clock this afternoon, the first meeting of our budget planning committee for our budget 1974-75, And all who are members of that committee are asked to be prompt 2 o'clock in the lower sanctuary that we can accomplish the work that needs to be done. A second meeting is scheduled for Thursday evening at 7 o'clock, and then if needed, a third meeting on next Sunday afternoon. I know we'll be working diligently to complete our work before that time. Then something very special on this coming Tuesday night at 7.30, and I'm going to ask Brother Harry Hampshire to come and to share with you about that. A few
0: years ago we had excuse me, Robert Hale and Dean Wilder in our church for a concert. Those who were in attendance were so excited and were thrilled that they were in in attendance that night. Others who did not come expressed their regret after they've heard the other people talk about them. Now if you miss Tuesday night, you're going to miss a wonderful spiritual blessing. These two men are fine singers. And yet they will present a program of gospel music, as well as we say classical music, that I know will stir and thrill your heart. Their accompanist is Mr. Ovid Young. They will be here Tuesday night, 7.30, in our sanctuary. Please I urge you, do not miss this wonderful treat of sacred music by Dean
1: Wilder and Robert Hale. Tuesday night, 7.30. Thank you. There is no charge for the service, of course. I know you'll want to bring your friends, your neighbors because there's an opportunity of the witness of the Lord coming through song. And perhaps you have someone you've been witnessing to or sharing the gospel with here in these past months or weeks. Bring them. And I know that their hearts will be touched with the wonderful spiritual singing of Hail and Wilder.
0: Another year is dawning, dear father, let it be. 497.
3: Our prayer in this hour is that Jesus would be very real to us, that the presence of your Holy Spirit in our midst would stir so that we might know the truth of your word and have a new courage and a new zeal and a new enthusiasm for the things of the kingdom. We rejoice, Father, in the blessings that you have given to us as individuals and as a church. And we rejoice that you give to us the high privilege of service in this, your church. Lord, we pray that we might be men and women of faith Dedicated above all else to the honor and the glory of the name of Jesus. We pray as we gather that you would use us. We pray, Heavenly Father, that those in places of national political leadership, Might be open and receptive to the stirrings and to the leadership of your spirit. We pray, Father, that there might be across our land an examination of priorities and that there might come genuine confession of our sins and a renewal of a public dependence upon thee. We ask your blessings, and we ask that you would strengthen us in this hour of worship. And Lord, we pray that this hour would bring joy to your heart. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Number
0: 41, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. Oh, God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. 286. This morning is hymn number 150. And as we stand to sing, our brethren will prepare to receive our morning tithes and offerings. Let's stand. We thank thee and praise thee, our Father, for this another privilege of coming to this place for worship. We thank thee for the joy that it brings to us because of the joy we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now as we come to bring our tithes and offerings to thee, we pray that thou will bless them and use them for the ongoing of thy kingdom because we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.
4: Jesus is standing in Pilate's hall. Friendless, forsaken, betrayed by all. Hearken what meaneth the sudden Yeah.
3: choice will you make? The text for the message this morning is found in the 23rd chapter of Luke's Gospel, a tragic and yet magnificent passage of Scripture where God unfailingly gives us the truth about the circumstances, the life and the ministry and the purpose of Jesus our Savior luke 23 beginning at the 13th verse and pilate when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers of the people said unto them you have brought this man unto me as one that perverted the people and behold I, having examined him before you, have found no fault in this man, touching those things whereof ye accuse him. No, nor yet Herod, for I sent you to him, and, lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. I will therefore chastise him, And release him for of necessity he must release one of them at the feast and they cried out all at once saying away with this man and release unto us Barabbas who for a certain sedition made in the city and for murder was cast into prison Pilate, therefore, willing to release Jesus, spoke again to them. But they cried, saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! And he said unto them the third time, Why? What evil hath he done? i have found no cause of death in him i will therefore chastise him and let him go and they were instant with loud voices requiring that he might be crucified and the voices of them and of the chief priests prevailed and Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they, the mob, required. And he released unto them him that for sedition and murder was cast into prison, whom they had desired, but he delivered. Jesus to their will. Pilate became guilty of judicial murder. The phrase willing to content the people He set a criminal free, and he crucified the Son of God. The scene is amply spread for us by Dr. Luke in one of those seven illegal trials. Pilate had determined in his own soul as the representative of the Caesar of Rome, as the only man who had the power and the authority to give the death sentence, that Jesus was there on a trumped-up charge. But in order to make some show, he would have him flogged publicly and then turn him loose. But this did not satisfy the religious bigots. This did not satisfy the order of the high priests. They demanded his crucifixion they balanced jesus and barabbas and they chose barabbas have you ever been in the midst of a crowd gone wild we have shared remotely in the agony and the Tragedy of such experiences Remotely by the means of television Most of us Occasionally Some of us might have found ourselves To be in that Unhappy situation Where a mob Like dry straw fanned into the flames Has become something wild and menacing and dangerous. This was the situation. Logic could not prevail. Cool heads could not have their way. Rationale had no place. It was the movement of the mob. And voices became hoarse calling out into the wind, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! Three times, the governor, the military chief, tried to put a little bit of reason to the mob, but the mob would not be reasonable. And they demanded that Jesus be crucified. And so, the governor, reading the consensus, the governor, leaning over his shoulder to his counselor and saying, what does the latest Harris poll have to say? Give me the latest reading from the Gallup poll. We'll make our decision according to the mob violence. What does the mob want? That's what we'll do. And so, as was the custom to temper justice with mercy, to release a prisoner under the people at the Passover feast, putting barabbas in one side of the scales and jesus in the other he went along with the mob and he released barabbas and sent jesus to be crucified what do we know about this man that the mob chose instead of jesus Well, we know that he was of an illustrious family. Bar Abbas, son of the scholar, son of the master, son of a father. This is what his name means. Here, A young man had had the opportunity to grow up in a religious home. Barabbas had known from his earliest days the stories of the Jewish history. He had no doubt heard his father, a distinguished leader of the people, read from the historic literature of the Jews, And he knew of the glorious past and of the marvelous history. No doubt, as a son of a distinguished father, a leader of the Jewish people, he had often made his way to the temple. And so he knew, he knew the Psalms and had sung them. He had read and studied the devotional literature he knew what the prophecies had said he was not an ignorant somebody but he was of a prominent name and a prominent family and a prominent father i would imagine if we were to go back and somehow try to reconstruct his life that as a youngster, as a young man, living in the midst of the Roman occupation, with all of the stories of the glory of the Jewish past constantly before him, he became a very arduous young man, concerned for the welfare of his Jewish people. He probably became a part of that group that became known as the Zealots, willing to do anything to get rid of Rome, willing to do anything to break the heel of the Roman occupation, willing to do anything that would humiliate Caesar, that might crush the Roman troops. And as this young man goes older, under the yoke of Rome, a rebellious, spirit grows up within him, and he desires above all else that Rome's power might be broken. We know the Bible tells us that he was an insurrectionist for certain sedition made in the city. Jerusalem has almost always been the very center of the world. And the great heartbreak and the great agony of the devout Jewish heart is to see Jerusalem under the control of anybody but the Jew. That's what the problem of the Middle East is all about today. It's ultimately the problem of who has Jerusalem. This was the problem. Jerusalem was seething with hatred the romans were hated the troops despised and here this little knot of people this little clan of people this little handful of people working any way they could the thing that fanned their hatred of the roman was not only the oppression of the roman but it was their awareness of all of the messianic scriptures the promise that God would send a deliverer, the promise that a Messiah would come to deliver them. And so fanned by the hopes of the coming Messiah, these individuals would do anything in order to bring shame or agony to the Roman occupation. Out of it, step by step, this young man goes from one who was a zealot a patriot, to stealing in order to get arms, in order to get weapons for the cause. But robbery then becomes a way of life. Patriotism somehow fades, for he hates Rome more than he fears God. And so it's stepped down all the way until at last he becomes a murderer. But he's a popular hero the crowd knows him jerusalem is aware of what in the days or the years past he has done in the cause of their freedom and even though he is an insurrectionist and even though he is a robber and even though he is a murderer the crowd prefers him and on that Friday, a choice was made by the mob of Jerusalem as to whether they would prefer Barabbas, the murderer, the insurrectionist, the popular hero, and whether they would choose the Christ. The great tragedy of it all, is that this young man had given his life in the cause of the Messiah, but through his own prejudiced blindness, he failed to realize that the Messiah was right there. The people chose the popular hero instead of Jesus. I don't know that it's ever been much different. There have never been any great or massive movements when the mobs have unfurled the banners of the cross and have demanded that the world would take a look at Jesus. The mobs of the world constantly prefer the popular hero. And the choice of the people on that Friday is still the same choice that most people make even today. The vast majority of Americans on this first Lord's Day of a brand new year have chosen Barabbas rather than Jesus. Not caring that Jesus is the Son of God. Oh, the contrast. Note the difference. Christ, the best who ever walked upon the face of the earth. Christ, the honest one. Christ, with love in his heart. Christ, the Son of God. The gentlest, strongest man. but they chose Barabbas. How many times in your life, how many times in my life, having been confronted with choosing to walk the way, to live the way, to give our moment's decision to the way of Barabbas or to the way of Christ, how many times have we chosen Barabbas. Here this young man was a terrible individual while Jesus is the prince of life. Barabbas was an insurrectionist while Jesus is Emmanuel. Barabbas was a robber taking that which did not belong to him, while Jesus is the Redeemer, giving. Barabbas, the schemer, while Jesus is the Savior. Barabbas is the murderer, while Jesus is the Messiah. Barabbas, the one who hurts, and jesus the one who heals barabbas son of abbas and jesus the son of god have you ever noticed in the story that barabbas didn't have anything to do with the choice himself he had been cast into jail he was awaiting a certain execution because he had lived worthy of the death sentence and it was facing him he heard the shouts of the mobs but little could he even dream or hope that pilate would listen to the mob for the roman law decreed that an insurrectionist would be crucified. An insurrectionist would be as an example to a city. An insurrectionist must die. Barabbas had no hope at all that Pilate would listen to the chantings of a wild mob. And he thought certain that death faced him. So he had nothing to do with the choice. What of us? Have we sinned willingly? Have we robbed God willingly, calmly and collectively and logically and rationally? We've put our options out in front of us at whatever decisions of life that we've made. And very coldly and very intellectually, we so very often have chosen Barabbas. What effect did the release have on Barabbas? Well, immediately it meant that Barabbas was released from the penalty of the law. The law, the Roman law, demanded his death. For he was a murderer, an insurrectionist. He was a thief. Immediately the effect was that Barabbas stood there and saw one innocent of any cause of death or reason to die, saw him die on his cross. Let your imagination run riot for a moment. In those last moments, there in the ugliness of that dungeon, the chains in which Barabbas is held fast against the wall, the dreams that he had had of being a leader among the Jewish people to drive the Romans away, the terrors that gripped his heart, the voices outside crying, the voices of a mob. He could hear something heavy being dragged across a courtyard, even suspecting, though he could not see it, that it was a cross on which he might be crucified. And again and again, he heard his own name called out by the mob, Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. Maybe he thought that the mob had turned against him, he who had been the popular hero. Oh, how easy it is to be the popular hero one day and the crucified the next. And maybe he thought when the mob called forth his name, that they were calling out that somehow in some idle twist, some mischievous turn of history, maybe maybe the mob had turned against him and he was not the popular hero anymore. And when he heard his name shouted out, he did not realize that the mob was asking for his release. He thought maybe they were calling for his crucifixion. And the jailer comes and begins to unlock those massive chains. And Barabbas says, I guess the time has come. And the jailer says, no, Barabbas, Pilate, are setting you free. No, no, not me. Free. What is it? I thought the mob was calling for my death. Free! Free! He staggers in to the street, a free man. Deliverance was made possible for Barabbas by the crucifixion of the Son of God. Barabbas didn't care a thing about Jesus. As far as Barabbas was concerned, Jesus was one who had not joined with the zealots, had not fought for the overthrow of Rome, and therefore was not even worthy of consideration. Barabbas asked nothing of Jesus And yet Jesus provided him with his freedom. Isaiah spoke the word beautifully 700 years before that event when Isaiah said, By his stripes we are healed. I don't know what happened I don't know if Barabbas went out there and watched as Jesus was crucified. I don't know if he saw the darkness that God sent upon the face of the earth at the midday hour. I don't know where Barabbas was when the Messiah was crucified, but maybe he saw him. We have No record of his activity from that time on. But Jesus died for Barabbas. And Jesus died for Bill. And Jesus died for Mary. And Jesus died for Philip. Jesus died for Rebecca. And Jesus died for Ralph. And Jesus died for Harry. And Jesus died for Bob. And Jesus died for Doug. And Jesus died for Anne. And Jesus died for you. On the cross. You can live all your life if you want to. And you can live and make every decision and die at last, as though it hadn't happened. But it did happen. The death of Jesus meant that he died in your place and mine. What choice are you going to make? Like a mob. Seeking out the popular heroes of the day to choose whatever Barabbas looms on the horizon. Or will you choose Jesus, the Son of God, and accept what he did? Accept what he did for you in your place. And come asking his forgiveness and receiving his love and making every choice in the light of his love. What choice will you make today? The way of Barabbas or the way of Jesus? Whose side will you declare yourself to be on today in 1974? On the side of Barabbas, who will steal from your life? Or the side of Jesus, who will be your Savior? The choice is yours. Yours to make now. Barabbas or Jesus. Heavenly Father, too many times we've made the wrong choice. Too many times, Father in the matter of our work, our vocation, how we earn our living, in the way that our influence is shown and known, the way we've lived, the words we've spoken, the way we've handled our business too many times. Lord, we've chosen to take Barabbas' way rather than Jesus. Lord, forgive us by your Holy Spirit. For, Lord, we have no light unless you give it to us and no strength of the Spirit unless you share it with us. We ask of you an empowering by your Holy Spirit and fresh light upon our lives that we might make choices that would be honoring unto Jesus. O oh, Lord, we pray in this hour, in this moment, that if there's a single person in this congregation, Lord who up until this moment has chosen to live the way of Barabbas and rejected Jesus, that the choice would change and that hearts would be open to receive what Jesus has done. Help us to declare ourselves for Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Hymn number 229. Jesus is tenderly calling, calling today. You've made your choice. Will you declare it for Jesus, to live for him, to serve him, to be baptized as a witness to your faith in him, to take your place in this church family, in this New Testament church, as one who publicly chooses Jesus is the way of life. We welcome you and we urge you to come publicly declaring your allegiance as we stand and sing.
5: Thank you.